Hi, I am Chris. I am a physician and an advanced weight loss coach. This is the podcast for you if you grew up in an environment where saying no to food offerings is like rejecting your mom, your parents, your heritage. If not cleaning your plate was frowned upon, but perfect bodies were not only praised, but expected. We're faced between the tug of war between weight loss and keeping the family together. The family wins, right? If you feel you hurt someone's feelings by saying no to their food and drink offerings, you are exhausted of dieting and have resolved to believe you are not destined to lose weight, but deep inside you still have a desire to achieve it, you are in the right place. I will teach you to free yourself from food drama and restrictive dieting so you can have fun and enjoy your journey towards permanent weight loss while still preserving those family ties and celebrating your cultural heritage. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I am just, you know, bloated with excitement because of all the amazing responses I have gotten from you, the downloads, the subscriptions. Um, I'm getting more of your feedback and reviews. So I know you're listening. So if you're listening and find this helpful, please go and take a moment. It just takes literally less than a minute, a couple of seconds to go and, and rate, rate this podcast and subscribe or follow like the new thing on Apple Podcasts is follow. Follow the podcast so you don't miss a beat of it and recommend it to your friends if you think it's going to be helpful for them. So I want to talk today about a very spoken about subject and something that I get asked a lot. And this is the concept of no flour, no sugar, which I just want to just specify no flour, no sugar by no means is a keto diet, a low-carb diet, nothing like that. No flour, no sugar means exactly that. No flour, be it wheat flour, corn flour, almond flour, coconut flour, no flour and no sugars. Okay? Any sugars. And the the reason why I want to bring this up again, it's many clients have asked me, about this and again many have the confusion that you no know, flour no sugar by some like it just means the same as keto and no because when you do no flour no sugar you're still eating rice you're still eating beans you're still eating oats you're still eating corn just not the corn flour you're eating almonds but not the almond flour right you are still eating fruits which have natural occurring sugars in them when i say no sugar it's the non, it's like not table sugar, like the white processed sugar, brown sugar, anything that has been refined. So again, this is not paleo or whole 30 or keto or low carb or South Beach. This is just mainly, honestly, when you think about it, it's refraining from anything that's been refined, packaged, processed. It's kind of like similar to paleo in a way that you eat everything from the ground, but in paleo, you don't eat beans or other grains. In no flour, no sugar, for sure you can add like your beans and your corn and oats and all of that. Okay, so I hope 
I have clarified that. And I want to just be very honest and tell you that about 90%, maybe 80 to 90% of what I personally consume is no flour, no sugar. And I have periods where I'm like 100%. I, I have had periods where I'm 100% of this. But right now, I think I have found for now my happy medium with this. And in order to answer this question, if you should go on no flour, no sugar, we need to first understand how our brain works. I have told you before in prior episodes that our brain operates uh, by the motivational triad. We seek pleasure, we avoid pain, and then we are efficient by creating habits because it decreases energy expenditure in our brain, okay? That's how the human species has survived throughout all these years, by hiding in the cave, avoiding pain, seeking pleasure, you know, finding those fruits and meats and all of the things that the brain would say, oh, this is good. We need to repeat this. We need this for our survival, right? And then becoming habitual, forming habits around those things because the brain is the organ that spends the most energy, right? When you're making decisions, when you're thinking about you should do this or not. So once your brain is like, oh, noted, this is good, this is bad for me, it just creates a habit around that, okay? So imagine thousands of years ago, you were out in the wild because you were hungry, you were looking for some sort of energy, some form of energy, I'm sorry, and then you happen to stumble on a plant that has this vegetable or this fruit you bite on it, and it sends the signal to your brain. Ooh, we have energy, right? Energy, as um, the sugar in the fruit or the vegetable. We have energy. This is good for us. We need it to survive. Let's do this again. Let's do this again. And that's the message that your brain cements, right? That's the habit it's, it creates. So again, the next week, the next day, you go about, you see that thing plan, you recognize it. Oh, this is that plan that gave me energy. Let's go ahead and eat it. And then it just becomes a habit. And then next thing you know, you know exactly where to go, where to find it. You grab it, you eat it, you have energy. Okay. What happens is that now we have all of this artificial foods, processed foods that are are designed to give us much more pleasure than the natural pleasure. So, and this is honestly like companies, they pay for this to find the right sweet spot where our hormones are going to spike the pleasure hormones, like that spot where it's the maximum effect. So what happens? You sit down. You open that bag of, I don't know, muffins or chips or one of those things. You eat it and the brain goes, whoa, we absolutely need this. Let's take a note. Let's make a little connection here in our brain because we must do that again. More of this, it's going to be better, right? 
But then now we know that that's not true. Like actually more of those foods is actually going to kill you eventually, right? It's going to give you disease. It's going to make you age, um, get old sooner and all of those things. But the brain, the primal brain doesn't know that. So that's why we, we, with our adult brain, have to remind it, oh, I know that was amazing. I know you think you need that to survive. But actually, no, that's really not good for us. Okay? So I want you to understand first that that's normal. That's why it just becomes a habit. And then next thing we know, we're mindlessly eating the ice cream or the chips or the muffin. And it's because really your brain is doing what it's good at. Giving you energy, protecting you, assuring your survival in the best way that it knows how to. Okay? But then again, that's why becoming conscious of our habits is so important. Because then we can redirect the brain and tell it, you know what? I know you think that's good for us but it's really not. Okay. So can you lose weight eating anything that you want? Can you lose weight eating flour and sugar? Yes. Yes, you can. Okay. But I will tell you that when you eat flour and sugar, Again, first, we have a little toddler brain inside of us telling us that we absolutely must have more of that because we need it for our survival and our well-being. Second, like I explained in other episodes, it alters our hormones. Eating flour and sugar is going to alter our hunger and appetite hormones. It's going to create a higher insulin spike and insulin is the fat storing hormone and it's going to send you more signals that you are hungry. Okay? So yes, you can lose weight eating flour and sugar. But is it going to be easier for you? That's the question, right? So you need to understand that when you're eating those foods, you're kind of like setting yourself up for a little bit more of a challenging weight loss journey. And I'm all for joyful weight loss, right? So yes, you can eat flour and sugar, but again, how is it affecting your weight loss journey? So then the question becomes, should we abstain completely or should we moderate the, the intake of these foods. And again, there's no right or wrong answer to this. You get to choose. If we abstain completely, it just make, makes it easy. We just know we just abstain completely from those things. You know, we don't indulge in drama around whether if we should have it or not. It's kind of like, okay, gone. I don't have it. But then what happens when you come completely remove those foods or kind of like quote unquote forbid those foods it can cause you to feel um, deprivation and that can increase the desire for the food okay but then we can moderate them we can be like okay I can just have a couple of this a couple of that and then just be okay but then the drama increases the negotiation and, I, and like I said before Sometimes it just makes it a little bit harder. There's no right or wrong here. You get to decide. 
what is easier for you. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples of my own life. I do not drink alcohol at all. For me personally, it was, it's so much easier to completely abstain because I noticed that, that, that when I would say, oh, I'm just going to have a glass of wine or two, I was just ended up having half of the bottle or more, right? So I'm like, you know what? This is not serving me anymore. Like, this is just harder. I'm just going to completely abstain from alcohol. And telling you that it's been very liberating. I don't think about it. I don't have to deal with any of that drama. No hangovers. Well, you get the idea. On the other side, my husband, he can have a beer when my brother is around and we go to the local brewery. Or he can have just enjoy a glass of wine when he's having a steak or when he's out at a dinner. And he's fine. And he can stop there. And there's no problem or drama with him. So again, we are all very different. You know what um, challenges are particular to you and what, again, is all about making your life easier, more joyful for yourself. With foods, for example, I have gone through periods of when I have completely um, abstained from flowers and sugars, but then I noticed that with certain foods, I would overeat them as soon as I would have one of them. For example, chips. Love me some chips. I noticed that whenever I was completely abstaining from flour and sugar, if I happened to bite on a chip, I would, <laughs> I would just have the entire family size bag with some queso on top of it. Or bite themselves. I just love, love, love me some crunchy and salt together. The same with ice cream. I completely abstained from sugars, right? So I wasn't eating any ice cream, but at the, you know, the first taste of ice cream, I would completely just, you know, go face down in the pint, eat the whole thing. So I'm like, you know what? Let me see if I can just kind of like open up to the idea to include this once in a while in my, in my protocol, in my food um, plans. So I just started practicing and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, these foods are not forbidden. I can have them. And like I've told you before, I just practice having them around. And right now I will say that a beautiful thing happens when you eat these foods from a conscious way. Sometimes you decide, you know what? I really don't like this that much. And that happened to me with chips and with French fries. It was kind of like, you know what? I can have a couple of these and just be completely fine. No need to go and have the entire, you know, the entire bag. But then with others, I find that it's still very challenging to control myself because of all the, the hormones and the signals that my brain just sends me. Like, oh, we need this. We need this. Let's have more. And one of them, which may come as a surprise to you, it's peanut butter and nuts, salted roasted nuts. Like, I still eat them. But again, it's one of those things that honestly, peanut butter, I'm considering just completely abstaining from it because it's one of those foods that it's harder to manage my cravings around them once I start eating them. My brain thinks it's super important for me and that I need more. 
Otherwise, I will die. <laughs> and I sometimes buy that story. So I have, I'm going through a period where I'm just not eating peanut butter. So that, there's that. So you get to decide what is easier for you. And if you, if there's, and it doesn't have to be across the board. Like I was saying, I have some flowers and sugars that I'm permitting in my food plants. And there are others that I just either don't care for, or I have a harder time managing my, my mind around them. So I just, you know what? It's just not worth it. That happened to me with ice cream, actually. I started including it in my plant, but then I noticed that I would get just so hungry and with a lot of cravings and it was just like a really awful experience. So honestly, I don't even care to plan for ice cream anymore. And I don't see it as I'm missing out. I see it now. This is a gift to myself because I just don't want to go through the effects of, of that when I eat it. So either or whatever you decide to do, if you're going to completely abstain or moderate, my advice to you is to decide ahead of time. Right, Plan it before and decide these are the foods I'm going to moderate. These are the foods that I'm going to abstain from. And then when you decide to moderate them, the best thing you can do for yourself is decide ahead of time how much are you going to have. Like, is it going to be an ounce? Is it going to be just a handful? Is it going to be half of the dessert? Is, this, is it going to be the small ice cream? Just decide ahead of time. And that way you reduce a lot of that mental shatter that we have in the moment when we are eating it. Okay. And like always, if you need any help with any of this, I am so passionate about this that I would just love to help you out. And always remember, there's no right or wrong. It's what works for you with your lifestyle, with your likes, and what just make your life easier. What just goes with the flow with you? What, what reduces that mental chatter? What just go, how can you make your weight loss journey just easier for yourself and more pleasurable and just going with the flow? Okay, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. And remember to subscribe and to leave a review. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. If you found this to be helpful, please rank it and leave a review because by doing so, you make it easier for others to find it. Also, if you would like to find out how to work with me and be part of our multilingual and multicultural community, make sure you visit my website, chrisberlingerymd.com. There is a free planning guide waiting for you there as well. 